whistle is blowing, and that signals another episode of the Entrepreneur's Locker Room Chat with a Champion. Your host, Steve Brosman, a former national track champion, multi-Amazon best-selling author, and successful entrepreneur interviews leaders in their field to give you the tips, shortcuts, and strategies to help you change the game you play. And now your host, Steve Brosman. Well, there goes the whistle again. It is time for the Entrepreneur's Locker Room Chat with a Champion. I'm pumped with this one, another fantastic international guest, and I am going to step out on a limb and say this one is not going to be boring. We have an Amazon best-selling author, a self-titled comedian, and... Uh, I guess he specializes in random because he's, uh, I think your business is called Readily Random Media. So be prepared for anything because I know I am. Welcome along, Mr. Larry Roberts. Thank you for having me, Steve. I really appreciate it, man. L- at least this time we got it right. <laughs> well, we have to do the backstory on this. I mean, we're, yes. we're, we're, we're days apart. I'm a day ahead. We're, we're hours difference behind and, uh, uh, last time we tried to make this happen, we were all over the place. But as they say, good thing comes to those who wait. That's right. You know, and I'll take the blame. I really will because i got to be honest, this is my very first international interview. Oh, sensational. Okay. This is well, amazing. You I'm- get the honor. <laughs> <laughs> I am absolutely humbled. And on the readily random uh, theme – Let's start at the end. Let's start at where you are at now because you are a best-selling author on One Plus One Equals Podcast and you're you're a podcast expert. You're helping people with that. So tell us the One Plus One Equals Podcast, how you got there, and we'll do some backtracking. Yeah, no, that's great. You know, One Plus One Equals Podcast is the name of my book and the subtitle is where I simplify the equation of podcasting success. So... The reason I wrote the book is because there are so many different ways and different people that say this is how you podcast or that's how you podcast or you got to do this first. And there are so many people that are going to take you down so many different paths when honestly, there's a very, very simple approach that'll get you where you need to be. Now, will it take you straight to the top? Eh, Maybe. Probably not likely, but it'll get you podcasting. It'll get your voice out there. And it can give you success depending on how you're using or how you're strategizing your podcast. So it really depends on how you define success. Now, you know, some people define success as as cruising up at the top of the podcast charts on iTunes or um, success as, oh, my podcast has got me speaking gigs or success as podcasting has allowed me to gain customers or retain customers that I may not have had the opportunity to do so with if it wasn't for my podcast. And that's really kind of the focus that I take the book from. It's what is your definition of success? Yeah, look, um, I've only been podcasting for a few months now. And one of the goals that I set for this was to be able to talk to interesting people that I couldn't knock down the door of previously and I've certainly spoken to some some great celebrities company uh, as well Um, and you said this is your first one and you probably wouldn't have picked up the phone and had a virtual coffee over a zoom with me if we weren't doing a podcast so it's a great vehicle to open doors to talk to people and talking to people opens doors 
100%, you know, and, and I got to tell you, Steve, I'd still be saying put another shrimp on the Barbie <laughs> if you and I hadn't been on, you know, you were on my podcast and I learned it's a prawn, you see, <laughs> so that right there, if I take nothing away from our two conversations, and I'm sure we'll probably have more down the line. I, I'm hoping it amounts to more than just the definition <laughs> of the prawn. It'll be a, it'll be I, I hope the people listening will take more away from what we give them today more than the definition of a shrimp and a prawn. You know, I do too. And that just kind of takes me into the random side of things that, that stick with me at times. But, you know, it's interesting because Ran Readily Random was my blog back in, I don't know, when was MySpace? 2005-ish, something like that. Um, I don't remember exactly what the year was. But, yeah, I had a, I had a blog by the name of Readily Random back then. So what did you name it that? I mean, obviously, you've, you've, uh, everything right through your documents is basically saying you add humor to everything, which is, is brilliant. But why choose readily random? Because I, I, at the time, blogs were just, just red hot. They, you had to have a blog if you wanted to really get your name out there or have any social impact or anything. You had to have a blog. And I thought, well, what would I write about? Because I, I, I just didn't know what I, what am I going to write about? I don't, I don't know. You know, I had a corporate background of, of, of corporate training and facilitation. And I'm like, nobody wants to read about that, right? Um, I, I did have a martial arts background, but everybody already writes about that. Now, do they write it from my perspective? No, probably not. And had I had that line of thinking back then, that's probably the direction I would have taken it. So, but I didn't. And I thought, you know what, uh, I'm just a random kind of guy. So uh, the name for some reason, readily random, I think I was trying to get a little alliteration going there. <laughs> and readily random seemed to flow. And it was born. My legacy was born. So you've got uh, a successful podcast. Um, what are you doing with it? And how are you um, helping or using that to, uh, to leverage to build your business? You know, I, I think one of the things that you said really kind of nailed it was that I'm I'm meeting so many phenomenal people and I'm making so many connections that I never would have had the opportunity to make if it wasn't for this podcast. Now, let's not talk about the fact that I had a podcast previously that was what we call blue humor, uh, which is um, not PG humor, right? <laughs> Uh, that was my very first podcast, and I mentioned the green room before we got started that I'm a recovered alcoholic, right? Yep. I've been sober for five years now, and when I got out of uh, my treatment, I stumbled. I didn't stumble. I'd heard of the Joe Rogan podcast before, and I'm like, what is this podcast thing? I just thought it was for nerds. I'm like, this is, I'm, not, I'm too cool for this. But then, I, you know, I, Joe Rogan, he does commentary for the Ultimate Fighting Championship, was right in my wheelhouse. I was like, well, I'll give it a try. Oh, my gosh. I was blown away by what I was hearing. And it wasn't just the content. He was providing good content, but he was providing content with no filter. And I was like, this is something that I have to take advantage of because you know, it's, it may come as a shock, but I tend to get in trouble for some of the things that I say. I kind of have you know, the whole loose lips sink ships type scenario, but uh, my lips just tend to be really, really, really loose. And <laughs> I wanted an outlet or a forum where I could, I could say what I want, I could do what I want, and there may be repercussions, which there eventually were, nothing of any, in, any real consequence, but 
it was still just someplace where I could go crack jokes, meet crazy people and not worry about what we're saying. Now, don't get me wrong. We weren't being offensive or we weren't being we, we weren't doing any of the, the, the things that you're not supposed to say. I mean, we just we weren't being offensive in any way, but cuss words would tend to flow. So, uh, <laughs> and, and freely at times, but it was just, a, it was just a, a freeing aspect. And I, I did that for quite a while. And I, I'm shoot, I would say 125, 130 episodes all the way wow. to the point where we had an online radio uh, show under the same name. We took the show live on stage and it also led to an open mic night, and that's where amateur comics get to go up and tell their jokes. It turned into an amateur mic night that is still one of the biggest mics in all of Dallas-Fort Worth. So uh, we, we made our stamp on the Metroplex, if nothing else, by just firing up this mic for young and upcoming comics to use to hone their skills. So that was kind of cool. That's a great, great lesson there um, in itself is um – I've got a saying that uh, people will gravitate towards you when they know what you stand for, but they'll run towards you when they know what you stand against. And you were breaking some of the rules and some of the norms and breaking out of the mould, and it goes with the title of my first book, Stand Up, Stand Out or Stand Aside. And it's all there. It's like, okay, don't get up. If you're going to do a podcast, don't get up and be vanilla. Don't get up and just do the same as everybody else and just talk about this and talk about that. Have some really cool people on. Talk about some controversial topics and and put some things out there. So that's that's following the rules of breaking the rules so that you actually do get noticed. Yeah, and that's exactly what we did. And like like you pointed out, we we definitely got – noticed and some of it wasn't exactly the type of notice that you really want to get um you know i still have a 20-year career underneath me and although my readily random media is doing really really well i haven't quite made that transition yet from corporate america to uh the solopreneur type approach that i'm you know i'm I'm shooting for so with that show um management turned over and the new manager that came in said larry i've been listening to your show and well i didn't listen to too much of it because it's just it's just something you shouldn't be doing you know, this reflects back on the company. He just chewed me up one side and down the other. I said, well, just don't hit play and we'll, we'll be just fine. But he wouldn't let it go. So anyways, I ended up burying that one. And I, I knew that I still had to use this, this phenomenal platform called podcasting to do something, to get my voice out there and to be heard. And if you listen back to Readily Random 1, <laughs> it's not the best quality uh, podcast that's out there. I'll give you that. Because I was floundering, trying to figure out how do I do this? Because I didn't know how to have a clean podcast. I just knew how to have a conversation that I would have uh, at, the, at the bar. You know, if I was at the bar hanging out with a friend, these are the type of conversations that we would have. But I needed to clean this up and I needed to highlight positivity and, and motivational stories and inspirational stories, stories of recovery. Uh, and, and that fit right into my random wheelhouse. And, and, you- and it's great. Uh, we had a great chat when, when I was on that. So I want to actually turn the clock back on one of the things that you just did mention because the, the locker room is all about helping people either overcome through, through things, smash through things and do things. And, and you mentioned and openly uh, that you're a recovering alcoholic, obviously went through some issues to get there. What was it that got you out and how can you leverage that to really, you know, really smash through other things that might happen in your business life, your personal life, and, and how's that held you in good stead? 
Well, one of the things that it's taught me to do is know when to ask for help. Because that that day that I reached out was a very, very dark day, probably the darkest uh, day of my life. And there were plenty of, of instances leading up to that where I knew that I needed help. But I was like, ah, I'm, I'm fine. I'm, I've, I've got ways to, to work around this, right? I can hide this. I can, I can keep doing it. Nobody's going to know until it gets out of control and everybody ends up knowing. Um, but it was that very last day where I knew I was, I was, I'd been home for two or three weeks from the office um, sick. And I, did, I had been drinking and not eating for God knows how long, several days. And something just clicked in my head that we've reached that point of essentially no return. And tomorrow probably isn't going to come if I don't reach out and get some help. And I reached out to my best good pal and uh, I said, dude, I need, I need help. I need some help. Get me some help. Or this is probably our last conversation. And it just, we have a very tight knit community here uh, at the office and friend wise uh, here where I live. And we all, he happened to work with my wife. My, my wife works with me as well. And then we had some other friends that worked there and everybody kind of just went, they went into action. They just went into Larry finally said, get me some help mode. And within a couple of hours, um, there was, well, my wife and, and a couple of other friends showed up to take me and get me some help. Now, I, I don't really remember a whole lot of, of what went on there. Um, <laughs> Because I and I don't know why, but after seeing them, it re-energized me, and I, I went drinking, and I wouldn't leave until I had this drink or that drink. And they were trying to. It was just. It was just nuts. It was, and I blacked. I don't remember any of that. Um, so there was some some significant alcohol poisoning. It probably took a week's worth of detox to even get me somewhat normal, where I could roll out of a bed and and still walk zombie like into the next room. So it, it was a struggle, but the biggest thing that I, I learned, honestly, is A, don't spiral. When you, you know you're spiraling. You always know when you're spiraling. If you don't know, well, then that's a problem too, but you know the vast majority of the time when you're spiraling. Once you start to feel that spiral, catch it at the top of that spiral and ask for help or yeah. seek help. Don't yeah. wait till you're down here and you're about to go down the drain then it's, it, it very well could have been too late. What if my friend hadn't answered the phone? What, what, what would I have done? And why did I reach out to my wife? I don't know. Maybe I was embarrassed. Who knows? But my point is you never know when it's, you've taken it too far. That's a, a brilliant point that um, as entrepreneurs, and, and I'm an entrepreneur, and even though I sure. do you know, work with my wife, she's two stories up and I'm down here. Um, we, we often lead a very uh, insular existence and it's very easy for us to go down the, the black hole of you know, depression if things aren't turning out right or alcoholism or drugs, things like that. It's just so easy to turn to things like that and then start the spiral and then, okay, where, where in that spiral can I say, well, if I don't do something that I'm picking up speed and I'm heading down a really nasty place. Um, that's what we've got to do. Uh, 
what we had have over here, I don't know whether it's international or not, we have are you okay, four letters, are you okay day? And it's all about making sure that we reach out to people that we know and just to make sure and say, hey, are you okay? Are you okay? So we've got a big movement over here of being on the other side of the fence and just reaching out to the people that yeah, it's okay to ask, are you okay? And, uh, and not get your head bitten off or slapped off. And the people on the other side of it now that may be on the spiral now acknowledge that there's going to be people that are going to be asking them or hopefully asking them, are you okay? So we've, we've had a big push out here. And I honestly believe that there are many entrepreneurs that when things do start happening, that uh, they can turn in and start the spiral downwards. And it's a matter of us, you, thank you for sharing that and helping us educate them that where they had finally got to, but uh, really getting to the point of just saying, well, you know what, I think something may be happening. Let's, let's stop it now. And it's okay to mention it and, and start stopping it early. Yeah, no, that's great. And, you know, as entrepreneurs, you can see even where you're at in your business and you see your business even start to spiral. I mean, I've had several businesses over the years and uh, one of them was semi-successful. It would have been more successful if I would have bitten the bullet and and, and jumped ship and, and chased that. But, you know, we got to have insurance and all that fun stuff. And, well, I have great benefits where I work, so I couldn't go ahead and just uh, well, let's hope we don't break anything. But <laughs> that would probably would have. But I still sold that for a, for a profit. So my point is, is that you know, other businesses may have been a success as well if I had just asked for help because I knew they were spiraling. I knew I reached this point where I don't have this answer. Where can I find this answer? So-and-so may have that answer, but I don't, I, I don't, I'm too proud to ask for it. Or if they go, are you okay? I'm like, oh, I'm fine. Yeah, don't worry about it. It's great. Yeah, I've, I've got it. You know, a good friend of mine is great at that. He, he's, he owns a bakery and he's so great at saying, oh, I've got it. No, I've got all the answers. Yeah, this is great. When you know that he's, he doesn't quite have all the And again, um, I'm going to share some stuff here. And, and a lot of the people probably don't know too much, but I'll, I'll get onto that in a second, is the whole purpose of the locker room are the four Bs. It's the brain, the body, the brand, and the business. Now, the first B is, is brain. That, that's mindset. That, that is all about the attitude. And if that starts going down, then everything follows. And if you're not looking after your body and if you're you know, starting to put substances in it, that's going downhill. Uh, personal branding and business, that's definitely on the other side of the equation. But it is all about making sure that you've got your right mindset and you're looking after yourself physical. Otherwise, as you've known, if you start neglecting that or abusing that, it starts falling apart. And one thing that I've been very conscious of lately is whenever I invest in business or marketing mentoring, which means I'm going to ramp up something and really put more pressure on doing some great new projects because I've got some great new things coming out, I've always... and again recently just invested in a mindset coach and mindset program so you know one of the big things is is, is you have to treat the business and you with uh, equal respect and equal training do you agree with that 
Yo, I agree a hundred percent. And you know, as I mentioned before we got started, I had, I just did a podcast with a, with a strengths finder coach. And what he does is he helps people identify their top five traits and their natural talents that they, they, they can perform almost without thinking, but he helps identify those and then maximize the effectiveness through their day-to-day progression, through their entrepreneurship, or even on a corporate level, he does some corporate coaching as well. So it, it's, it's those things that we can't do on our own, or we can, but we really need somebody to go, hey, what do you think about this? Are you doing this, or how could you improve your ability here? Just those things that we, the, the, the old saying of you can't see the forest for the trees. You know, and, and so we've got our trees on and we're standing right in the middle of the forest, but we don't know what to do because those trees are right there. So a coach is critical. I have two coaches now that help me with my podcast. Uh, one's a voice coach. And I say with my podcast, she's been very instrumental in the podcast as well and the podcast success, but she's actually my writing coach, uh, a mutual mm-hmm. friend, Laura Peterson. So yep, yep. Uh, Laura's great. She's uh, provided me with a ton of coaching and a ton of great insight just this year alone. I think I met her in, in February and you know, now we've progressed to where we have a great friendship and she's headed across the pond to, to your neck of the woods there for a big podcasting conference. So it's just, it's just, those are the types of things that help take your average solopreneur and take them to the next level. Yeah. A lot of people don't invest in themselves and quite a lot of people don't actually invest at all. And uh, I heard, uh, I can't recall where I heard it from, but it was an absolute brilliant saying, uh, poor people spend time to save money. Rich people spend money to save time. <laughs> it's, it's, and I'm, I'm going to refer back just because it was 30 minutes ago. Uh, the gentleman that I was speaking with called that the, the sprinkler guy fixing the sprinkler. So he could go out and he could fix the sprinkler himself if his sprinkler was broken and it would take him three or four hours. But during that three or four hours, he could easily have missed a sale or two sales or three sales, one per hour, even where he could have hired someone to go and, and fix the sprinkler it would have taken them a half hour. He could have paid for a half hour worth of labor. And in the meantime, made four times that, in potential sales. So it's, it's, it's right there. That's the exact same example that you were talking there. And time is, is, is something that we don't really value until you don't have it. That's, that's brilliant because yeah, that is, is absolutely correct. Now I'm going to let the people at home know that I'm looking at you right now and your nose seems quite straight you do have earphones on, so I don't know whether you've got cauliflower ears or not. And what I'm leading to is let's get on to your mixed martial art UFC fighting because you must have been okay. Your face isn't messed up. <laughs> well, I, I have to say that, for one, um, I never fought the UFC. That's very, very high caliber. Okay, right. I can't claim that. But I, I, did, I did fight in mixed martial arts. And my nose uh, has been broken several times, but... In an accident, um, <laughs> at a wedding of all places, my wife uh, broke my nose with a pair of high heels. She swung around, acting silly, and, and the heel caught me. You can't really see it because of the lighting, but the heel caught me right here. 
Oh. And it gave me a third nostril, basically. Like I could literally breathe. There were bone fragments. It literally put a hole in my nose. So what ended up happening was I, I went in and had complete reconstructive surgery on my nose, thanks to my bride. So my nose looks a lot better than it probably should from taking all those smacks to the face. So you but, can actually claim that you spent X number of years in the ring, but it was your wife who finally put you in hospital. <laughs> <laughs> That's a hundred percent true. And the worst part, it was a coworker's wedding. So it, it went from it was after party. Of course, we're all partying, having a good time, and that happened. And there was just it, it got really it got really messy and loud. And they always remember their wedding night just because of my nose, not because of all the the fun they had after the fact. But yeah, that was she's the one that took me out, man. So. <laughs> But yeah, man, I uh, I probably fought back in the mid '90s. Not probably, I did. Uh, the actual UFC kicked off in 1993, and um, I was ranked in Taekwondo at the time. I was training in another uh, form of martial arts, and I saw this come out, and I thought, man, this stuff is going to be cool, right? And so I, I remember, I remember this day uh, watching the very first Ultimate Fighting Championship and seeing gentleman by the name of Hoist Gracie. Uh, most people are familiar with Hoist Gracie, or at least the Gracie name by now, since it's been around for so long. That And he was he wore, came out in his gear, his pajamas, and was you know making these guys tap out or quit. And I was like, this is the dumbest thing I've ever seen in my life. I would crush these people, right? Because I was awfully young in 93 as well. So of course, I had a lot of ego uh, <laughs> about me. I don't quite feel that way today. But Eventually, it got to where in Texas we could actually fight. The, the rules were a little bit different, uh, but it took a long time before Texas to actually adopt the rules would allow us to fight mixed martial arts. But we had back then what we called slap fights because Texas would allow us to slap each other open-handed in the face. We couldn't punch each other closed fisted to the face because mixed martial arts back then was bare knuckle. Mm. So you didn't wear gloves back then. And so we, we had slap fights, but even those were, were quite painful at times. But <laughs> so I, I had the fun time of doing that. But by the time you were able to actually fight UFC style mixed martial arts here in Texas, I was, I was well out of the game. <laughs> so let's come back to the, the end again. Yes. Um, we've started at the end. We've almost gone back to the beginning and we've come back to the end again. Now, there are going to be people out there listening to podcasts who love listening to podcasts but think, well, you know, maybe one day I might do one. Or what would you as basically, I'll call you a podcast coach, what would be, particularly in your book, would be the first one, two or three things that they should do if they're getting ready to do one? I'd like to start off by the thing that they shouldn't do. They shouldn't go out and spend tons of cash on equipment. The one they, the first thing they should do is they should take this little device right here that I'm sure they already have. This is a cell phone. And no matter what platform you use, whether it's Android or whether it's iPhone, it doesn't matter. There are recording applications for these phones. And you can record your podcast right here on this device you can publish it. You can do anything and everything you want right here in this handheld device. Now, is that going to sound awesome? Probably not. Is it going to sound kind of echoey? And, and, and are you going to have a lot of control over the sound? Probably not. Editing is going to be a little rough, that sort of thing. You, you could add one of these things, and I'm holding up what's called the Rode Podcast. Or, um, it's, a, it's an iPhone microphone. A little click. Oh, see, perfect. A lapel, little, a lapel, a lapel mic, $60 plus your phone. 
you've got your audio studio. Boom, you're right there. And there's there's actually editing software that you can download for the phone as well. There's several different apps out there. Some are more robust than others. But if you take one of the examples that I like to use, if, if, we, if for instance, you have a gardening business or a lawnscaping business, and you want people to realize you're out there and you're really, you know your business. So say you're out there and you're mulching or something, and you're going to record your podcast while you're in action. A podcast doesn't have to be 30 40 minutes, an hour. It doesn't have to be anything like that. Five to seven, eight minutes, not uncommon at all whatsoever. So you could fire up your road mic on your iPhone and you could be out there in the trenches. You could be doing some landscaping and you could be explaining, I don't know, perennials or the proper mulch to you. Who knows? I'm not a landscaper, but I should probably, Larry the landscaper kind of works. And since I'm Larry, <laughs> that's where I went with it. There's that alliteration again that I love so much. But my point is, is you could do a podcast on your phone and you could make it applicable to your business. And if that gets you and your customer's ear and that makes your customers think of you even more than they think of you now, you have a successful podcast. So the first thing I would do is grab my phone. I would start recording. Uh, the other thing I would do is, as you mentioned, invest in yourself. Now, a lot of podcasters don't invest in vocal coaching. but it can definitely make all the difference in the world because Steve, if I was talking to you like this and I didn't have any inflection in my voice and um, I wasn't very exciting, you wouldn't want to listen to me no matter what I'm doing, you know? So take a, take some time. If, if you want to just join a speech club, we have Toastmasters here in the States and I think they're international. I don't know if you have Toastmasters there yeah, uh, in Australia, definitely. but join a Toastmasters club. <clears throat> Join something to where you can start honing your craft because your voice is your craft. And then get in, go ahead. Yeah, I was going to say that, that's a great point. It just reminds me of um, it, it took me right back because in high school I was in a musical. I actually just wanted to uh, get in the chorus because it was uh, at the girls' school and I, I was in the boys' high school. I wanted to be a hang out there, but unfortunately, or fortunately, one or the other, it turned my life and I actually got the lead role and had to do a lot of you know, vocal training on that. And then down the track when I uh, had the health club several years later, my sister asked me to sing at her wedding. So I went and had some vocal coaching, just singing lessons. And the people in my aerobics classes kept commenting, Steve, your classes are, are just so much better. You, you're just communicating so much better. And I thought, well, what's going on? And it was because of that you know, vocal training that I was actually projecting better and had so much more confidence in my voice that I actually paid for all of my aerobic instructors to go nice. and have singing lessons. And then one of them paid for her husband who was a, a referee slash umpire and his communication got so much better out in the middle of the field because he could actually project. He jumped up a grade in, in umpiring and so forth. So <laughs> oh, nice. Your, your voice and your communication is a weapon. And unless you fine-tune I do video interviews and, and sometimes podcasts with people where you've just got to keep adjusting the levels because uh, they just don't project. And I have to be careful with those people because my normal level because of the fine-tuned projection comes through a lot louder. And that is a brilliant point that people really should invest in vocal training. Yeah, I, I think you, you could benefit from watching videos 
of vocal training and how to use your voice as a podcaster as compared to what a lot of people do and what I did. I watched videos on how to podcast. So honestly, you you could get so much backwards information by, hey, how do I podcast? Because they're all trying to sell you something, I promise, whether it's a course or whether it's equipment, you still don't get the basics of your voice. So I would recommend that beyond a shadow of a doubt. Absolutely fantastic. Great points there. So I'm going to uh, throw the readily random final question at you is um, what last readily random tip for anybody in business on any topic whatsoever, just be readily random. Wow. That's a stumper there. Um, Honestly, I think what it would be would be to research everything, but don't buy anything. I, I do things just the opposite. If I was, I don't know if you could see it. I, I don't think you can, but there's a, there's a bookcase that's right over here that has equipment that is still boxed up, still brand new in the box that I bought for podcasting that I have not used. And I made the mistake of letting my wife hear that one time on a podcast. I said that, and she listened to that episode of my podcast. She went, really? <laughs> so you spent this and this and this and this, and it's just in the box. And I was like, yeah, yeah, it is. So that would be my first thing, regardless of whether it's podcasting, regardless of whether it's landscaping, regardless of, of what it is, do your research, but man, don't make an investment until you really figure out what's going on or you decide on a path that you really have confidence is going to benefit you overall. Because I promise you, going back to what we were talking about, if you can carry yourself and you can carry your voice, the podcast you record on this device will crush the podcast you have on all this fancy equipment. Yep, yep. So we, um, I've got coming up fairly shortly a 21-day um, a video course. And a lot of people get scared about doing their video. And I tell people that getting in front of the camera is not all about being perfect. And my saying, and you would love this because it has massive alliteration, it is personality and passion, not perfection, that produces profits. Oh, I do love that. That is awesome. I'll probably remember that. No, I probably <laughs> say it. <laughs> yeah, it's say personality it, it and passion time. that produces profits, not perfection. There you go. I love it. I really do. And and that's a hundred percent right. It took me forever. And even my wife, I keep referring to my wife, but she's my my rock and she's she's everything to me. And she helps me understand where I'm at in my business and my growth as a as a solopreneur and as a podcaster and as a writer. And she because I'm very loud and I project, she can hear me even though I'm in the studio and I have, I have treatments on the wall and I have treatments on the door, but she can still hear me because I'm just so loud. And she goes, Larry, I, I heard when you cross that threshold of, well, I'm just trying to podcast to being excited, to being into it, to, to loving it and living it. And, and she, she heard when I reached that next plateau, that next level uh, of podcasting. And when you get there, you, you know, you know what I mean? Yep. And it, you, you have to go ahead and put the time in. You have to not be perfect in front of the camera. You have to not be perfect on that mic. And honestly, if you keep those imperfections with you and you recognize them, but you're not embarrassed by them, you'll grow so much faster and you'll grow so much taller. Yeah, and the people will come along with you for the ride. Exactly, yep. exactly. They'll come with so. you. Okay, the Fast and Furious 5 to finish off. 
Okay, and I think I know the answer to this, but we'll just see. What non-business sport or activity would you like to be the champion of? Cricket. <laughs> didn't see that one coming. <laughs> no, I would love to learn how to play cricket, but no, mixed martial arts, of course. I'd love to be a, a world. <laughs> <laughs> there, there are a few things in life that I am um, ultimately, no, there are many things in life that I'm very, very thankful for. And one of them is my son not developing a love for cricket. <laughs> <laughs> he loves playing basketball and he, he loves playing AFL, which are... Fast and furious, great games and over and done with in a short period of time. So, yeah, that's, that's great. But yes, fighting uh, is, is where it's at for me. Yeah, great. Okay, what's one personal thing that you would like people to know about you to get to understand you a bit better? Man, um, I had a very interesting childhood and it was, uh, it, it had the dynamics of growing up in a trailer park uh, with parents where we were less than uh, well off to going to a private school at the same time and trying to manage those two worlds. And those two worlds can be very interesting and very difficult to balance. But so that that, that, that dynamic there is interesting. Excellent, thank you for sharing that. What one habit would you like to change? Eating sweets. <laughs> Okay, that one's, that one's by the book. <laughs> no, I mean, I hate to say it, but, you know, when I when I got sober, my desire for alcohol turned into my desire for cake. And, and honestly, anything sweet. I just, I'm not a big savory kind of guy anymore. I want sweets 24-7. And five years ago when I got sober, I weighed about a buck 60, buck 65. And I've since not quite doubled that, but we're working on it. I broke the I broke the horrible three hundred. That was that was something I never thought I would do. But I but I'm six foot three, so I wear it well. <laughs> I'll take your word for it. <laughs> who, who has had the most influence in your life, or who or whom? Probably my English teacher from high school, Miss Loden. She still has an influence in my life. She helped. Uh, she read my book when I wrote it and uh, critiqued it. Uh, she has been there for a long, long time, and I hope that she still is. So, for a long time to come, she still is. <laughs> okay, that is brilliant to have somebody like that that's um, continued through with you. Now, the last question is, uh, and we've got to listen carefully with this one. If you were to be the answer to a quiz show question, what would you want the question to be? Name someone that has made almost every mistake you can possibly make in life, yet still found himself <laughs> in, a, in a very positive position after the fact. That works for me. Absolutely, it does. So, Larry Roberts, um, I promised everybody that it would be a, a fun and lively conversation there was some absolute life gems thank you for digging down and, and sharing uh your life with us um and your humor with us and where can they go and get a copy of one plus one equals podcast from you you get one plus one equals podcast on amazon it's available in softback or in kindle version um or you can reach out to me on facebook larry roberts uh, I'll be happy to send you a copy if you uh, email me at larry.roberts at 
Larry.Roberts. Larry at readilyrandom.com. I don't even know my own email. I was just, I was given a night. It sounded good too. I was given a spill. Yeah. yeah. We'll, we'll probably sort it all out for you and get it typed somewhere so they don't have to remember this part of the conversation. Yeah. So, so that's cool. Uh, thank you but so yeah, much. Reach out to me. Look, if you did enjoy this one, please subscribe, share it with your friends, and we're going to have another fantastic chat with the champion in the entrepreneur's locker room coming up real soon. Cheers. Well, that's full time on this episode, but don't forget to subscribe, rate, and we'd love you to leave a comment. Head over to the Facebook group, The Entrepreneur's Locker Room, where there'll be some great bonus content to help you step up and play a bigger game.